Oh. Ah, good. I can relax now. All this singing's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. You can. Um, so, Kerry, um, member of the church, joined join this year. If you haven't met her, get to know her, do. Um, but she's kindly agreed to share her, her story, um, which has been a while in the, in the coming. And uh, the Lord has been doing, certainly, a, a, a work in this all. So, before we start... I'm going to pray and ask the Lord into this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for all the things that we've sung about this morning. We thank you that you are a God who is bigger than anything. And Lord, as we gather and we listen, as we share with one another about your goodness and your greatness, we ask, Lord, that you would meet with us in a special way here, right now. We pray your hand upon carry that you would give her words from you and you alone. Lord, I pray that your will would be done here this morning, but also that your name would be glorified upon high. I thank you for Kerry, and I thank you for her willingness to share. May this time be blessed, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Kerry, so take it from the start. Take it from the start. I'll just read, and if you need to stop, stop. Okay. So, can everybody hear me? <laughs> no. Is it on? Yeah. It is on. So, my childhood, I am the youngest of two brothers and one sister. Um, I didn't come from a Christian background. background. Um, the only recollection of any Christianity is when I was at primary school. Um, and that was where I heard about Jesus. Um, but I didn't realise that there was a choice to make. I just heard about him and I used to sing hymns to him in the kitchen when I was younger. And I had a children's Bible that I used to read. Um, but other than that, um, that was it as regards to my background of knowing anything about God. Um, life was quite hard as a child, I guess. You know, I was cared for, but my mum was quite controlling. And later on in life, when I was a young teenager, she took adoption, not adoption, um, custody of my two nephews and niece. So at a very young age of about 11, um, they became my responsibility too, not just my parents. Um, so that was hard and it enabled me just to have no life um, and yeah, that was that really. So just in your, just let me in your in that household, you say there was no Christian influence in, in the house. No, not at all. Um, was it anti-Christian or just not? No, no, just about? non, just non in there. Okay. Um, my grandma, she was probably the only Christian I knew, um, but that was she was a Methodist at the time, um, but that doesn't mean nothing, obviously. <laughs> But she was probably the only influence I had, um, and primary school, yeah. Okay, so, again, just picking up, and, and you know, this is for the children's workers. You know, you invest in kids, and you don't know what the Lord will do with it. But you may be the only gospel voice that they hear. That's why we do what we do. You know, why do we persist and run kids' clubs and try and, you know... Tell them about Jesus, because they may not hear it from 
anywhere else. That's how important it is. It's how important it is. Yeah. So, just moving on slightly, uh, just primary school and high school, uh, just very quickly, that was easy. I had no friends at any of them, and I was a loner, and I never fitted in at any of them, and I was bullied. So, that was both schools. That was simple enough. Um, but then, at the age of six, I was abused by my brother. So, that carried on throughout my childhood years, and into my teenage years until I was 15 when it stopped, even though the inappropriate looks or words didn't. Um, and not only my brother, but many other people in my teenage years and childhood years abused me too. But it was normal to me, but I hated it, even though it was normal. So basically my whole life it's just been relationship after relationship and seeking love and affection and how I knew best, just being used and abused mentally and emotionally and physically. It just leaves you feeling worthless, but you do it all over again because it's a vicious circle and it's all you knew how to feel loved. Um, and I didn't think I deserved anything better either. So when, when I was 22, I left home and I got married to my first husband. Um, I knew it was a rebound. I didn't love him. But it was a marriage of convenience, I guess. It just got me out of the house. It got me out of responsibilities in the home with my nieces and nephews. So, not ideal. <laughs> um, but I had two boys, Ryan and Ben, and, you know, they were my life, and they still are. <laughs> but between me and my husband, there was just no love. It was full of arguing and abuse and expectations. And there was a lot of drinking involved, which I hated, because uh, it brought back childhood memories of parties that went on and people being drunk around me, and I just didn't like that kind of stuff. But funnily enough, at this time when I was married to my first husband, Ryan, because he's profoundly deaf, entered into a Christian school, a, pr a primary school, and um, it was at this point that I actually heard the gospel for the first time in my life. Um, and I just felt this drawing. They used to do assemblies every Friday morning and they'd have a time of worship and the kids would get up and do worship songs. And I just felt a drawing and this desire and this need to know who this God was, who I was hearing about. And I saw differences in people's lives and attitudes who love God. And I clearly had this hole that I didn't know existed, you know, because in the past I'd done things like fortune telling and tarot cards and like I say, this constant need to be loved with people. And then I just, partway through my marriage, I was faced with a really bad situation, um, just one particular evening, and I was scared, and I knew I had to get out, and at that point I knew I had a choice to make. And I look back now and I know and realise that that was God who wanted me out, and I'm so thankful to God that he gave me the strength to walk away. And he protected me in a dark place, even though I didn't know him. So then my marriage ended, um, and God had his hand upon me, even though I didn't know it at the time. I asked God into my life after telling the head teacher of Ryan's school, who was a Christian, that I was getting divorced, um, because I knew it was wrong in God's eyes. 
Um, and I felt guilty that I was ending the marriage even though it wasn't my fault. So I went home that night after the school prayed with me and I prayed and I just asked God if he was there to take the guilt away I was feeling and the next morning I woke up and it had gone. So that was kind of like the beginning of my journey with God and I would say I was saved but (laughs) for 12 months onwards I was on a downward spiral. I was smoking cannabis and I was drinking just to numb everything. I was involved with a married man and I even tried to take my own life twice. I was getting angry and I had no control and my mind wasn't my own and I was tormented for sure. But thanks be to God, he ended that period of time. And But during that dark time, you know, I know he kept me safe and he kept the boys safe for such a time as this. And I look back now and his grace constantly covered me. His protection surrounded me. And he had such love for me and patience and forgiveness. He was kind to me and he never let me go. And even though I was in that dark place for those 12 months, I did learn about him and I grew in him. And I became grounded in truth. I had a desire to love him and please him and obey him and be faithful to him. But I lived a life of self and my will be done, not God's. And that was the torment. So praise God, he saved me for his glory. So this, for me, was a time of true repentance and true obedience and to live a life for God and all he had for me. Um, So then, not long after that, I got married to who I'm with now. And he was a real blessing to me and the boys and gave me stability and loved me for who I am and stuck behind me because I was still a mess, I was still insecure, I had no self-worth or self-esteem. But God knew what I needed and he provided and I began to change. I also met Pat and he became a real true friend to me and same again, she just loved me for who I was. And then church-wise, I'd been into a couple of churches really and one was when I first became a Christian um, and then I just got involved with a church plant, but cutting a long story short with there, I left and I was out of fellowship for two to three years, um, and that was when I just met with Pat weekly, um, but I don't ever regret that time of being out of fellowship with a church because I was with Pat anyway, but for me it was a time of growth, it was a time of learning and a time of drawing close to God Um, because, you know, I'd come across lots of things, lots of false teachings, you know, prosperity gospel, NAR. So, you know, there was lots and lots of things that for two to three years, you know, God had helped to just to teach me and I could learn from. It was a real time of blessing and restoration and just waiting upon the Lord and listening to him. In 2010, my dad passed away, and I was really close with my dad, so my relationship with my mum wasn't that good, but my my dad, I really loved him, and we were close. And he wasn't a Christian, but I absolutely believe to this day that, um, you know, he's with the Lord now because I got opportunity to share the gospel with him. And just before he passed away, um, I told him not to be afraid and just to put his trust in the Lord, and it was not long after that he died. Mm. So that was a blessing for sure. 
And then in 2012, another long story short, but the truth about my brother and the abuse came out. Um, and for the first time ever, God gave me the courage and the strength without fear to face him for what he'd done to me and for everything that he'd taken away from me. All fear and obligation and the need to please him had gone, uh, thanks to the wonderful healing work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The hardest thing for me was the family pain that came afterwards. Um, everybody carried on with him as normal, um, as if he was the victim and not me. Um, my mum's attitude to it all was the hardest thing, I think, for, for everything that I'd gone through. This, you know, I, I, don't, I can't even explain what it was, but it was painful. Um, but yet again, it was another time of healing. God had healed me, and it was another time of being set free. Um, and I'm glad my dad wasn't there, actually, because it would have destroyed him. But I think for me, it would have been completely different of how he would have responded to the rest of the family. So I've got lots of healing work going on in this process of my life. And then in 2015, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm thinking, okay, yeah, got it all sorted now in my life. <laughs> and then I started going to my last church, and all was well, and it was a blessing initially. And then all of a sudden, all my needs and insecurities needing to be loved and wanted and respected, all the people-pleasing just all came flooding back, and I lost all control of my mind again. I just faced hard times as well because I stood on the truth of the word, you know, because they were into the gay marriage. There was lots of stuff going on, and I tried to stand for truth, so there was persecution there as well as me just not being in a good place mentally with my insecurities. So, again, God saved me. God pulled me out of a dark place, and he set me free. And he begun another healing process, which I admit I am still in. Because, you see, all my life, the abuse and different relationships have just caused me to never feel loved, or even knowing what love really is. It's allowed me to be manipulated and controlled. It's made me feel obligated to please and feel responsible for people's happiness. And I'd feel guilty if they wasn't happy or I'd let them down. I'd always be seeking man's approval and acceptance. And this really did affect my trust in God also. So 18 years of my walk with God, I have to admit I've always felt like there's just been something missing. And it's only recently I've learned to accept that that is who I am in Christ. I know he saved me and redeemed me and forgiven me and healed me. He set me free from my sin and the bondages of past. And he is my hope and I know that. I have experienced him and I know he will never use me or leave me or fail me. My future is secure in him. I am not worthy to receive his love and gift of grace upon my life. I was a terrible wretch of a sinner, and I still am, but I am a new creation through the blood of Jesus. I know he took all my shame, all my guilt and insecurities, and washed me clean. It's all of what he's done for me, his death, his resurrection, his name and his power, 
If it wasn't for God's saving grace poured out to me, I wouldn't even be here right now. He has blessed me beyond measure, and my life isn't what it was. His grace and mercy just pours out on me every day. So here I am now at Milton, and I thank the Lord so much. I absolutely believe it's a new beginning for me to grow theologically and in my relationship with God. I am blessed beyond measure here. I have a new family, and I believe it's the right time to appreciate the teaching and the fellowship, and I want to honour God and serve him in this place and in my life. I do want to mature and learn to fully accept who I am in Christ because I do still struggle. But the truth is, I know I'm a child of God, loved by the Most High, the King of Kings, creator of the universe, the one who holds all things together. He is my Father and he loves me. I am in him and he is in me and I have confidence that he who began a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The king of the universe cared about that broken girl, my broken heart, and he wiped the tears from my eyes and said, come as you are. Mm. That night of fear, all those years ago, while I was in a sinful place, God held his hand out to me, and I ran into his loving arms. I love him, and I give him all the glory, honour and praise for saving me and giving me hope through death and the cross. He paid the price that I certainly deserved. I just want to end with the words of a song because music speaks to me a lot and it's a guy called Matthew West and it just says the story of me was a story of shame so many parts that were so messed up but I love the part where you showed up rewriting my past, rewriting my hurt my story, your glory my pain, your purpose my mess, your message one life, one mission One reason why I'm living, all for you and not for me, my story and your glory. So I'm still on the journey. I still need encouragement. Uh, But I would definitely say if anybody is struggling here today and doesn't know the Lord, then just turn to him and trust in him. Because it's been 18 years for me and it's been hard. Um, But I really feel that he will, he will complete and he will get me through um, and that's that okay. all praise to him it took a lot of courage to share <laughs> a lot of courage to share but let's unpack that a little bit we, we'll unpack it a little bit now, you, you know, you've, now you've, got a, you've got the burden let me, let me yeah. take that burden and, and work with it a little bit one of the things that Carrie said that I, I want to hone in on a little bit because this may be your story I know I was saved but but and sometimes we have seasons where we live in that period where we know the Lord has saved us but we're not living it as the Lord would have us live but God is so gracious so good that in those moments, he doesn't walk away. He doesn't walk away. Because he's faithful and he's true to his promises. But I think the greatest thing that we can do as a church is admit that we all have those moments 
we all have those moments. This is not Carrie's out there and it's only her. If we're honest with ourselves, we've all had these moments in our lives where things haven't been right in whatever way. But God is still working. God is long-suffering. He's patient. He's outside of time, so he's not constricted by time. Now, does that excuse? Absolutely not. But God doesn't change. God doesn't change. And he that begun a good work in you will complete it. That's true for all of us. The start of our journey is salvation. The end of our journey is when we're with the Lord. In between, there are chapters in our lives that, if we're honest, we'd rather not have written. But in God's great redemptive purposes, we can look at that book and go, do you know what? That chapter was painful. But it was necessary for me to see who I was and to see who God is. You look at the book of Jonah. There's chapters in Jonah's life that shouldn't really have been written. Should only be really chapter one, chapter four. But there's stuff that happens in there. And we can debate whether it should happen. But what I do know is that God works in those happenings if we allow him to. So wherever you're at this morning, whatever your season is that you're struggling, I want you to know if you know him as Savior, God is there. And he'll not let you go. And all he wants you to do is see who you are in him. So one of the things that you know we've been sharing about is, is identity in Christ. So if, if we take you take you back into that cycle you were talking about where it was just one disaster after another, we'll call it like that, yeah. where you were constantly seeking love. What, what would you say Carrie's identity was then? Just what I could offer, what I could give, right. what was pleasing to others. Um, I only had me to give. That was, and what I gave, that was my identity. I just worthless. So when you looked at yourself, you saw no. No, 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 nothing. No. And I could still struggle with that now. Right. Yeah. So and then whenever you kind of you know felt like you were pleasing people, did that? How did that? Did that deal with that gap? No. Long term, I did it. No. It, it did at the time while everything's going good. Right. But then when it all starts to fall apart, you just, that's what I say, you, you're just a vicious circle. Right. In constant need of approval and love. And, you know, you just do it how you know best. Right. Yeah. So trapped, really. Yeah. In, 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 a, in a, trapped in a system of not knowing who you are, looking at yourself and hating yourself, yeah. trying to find worth from others. And when they give that for a season, it felt like you were something, but then it went. And yes. then you go round and round and round again. So you're, yeah. you're literally caught in a, in, a, in, a, in a trap. So, 
Now let's, let's fast forward and think about salvation. And in your journey, let's, let's talk about your identity now. Let's talk about the theology first. Right? So who are you now? I am a child of God. You are a child of God. <laughs> Amen. You're accepted in the beloved. <laughs> we're doing Ephesians. That's so important. Because what, what, what we're, what we're going to deal with here is a crisis of identity. And we all live in this church. We all live in this. Where we don't truly understand who we are. That's why Ephesians is so important. That in him we are made accepted in the beloved. We don't need to seek approval from anyone because we have the righteousness of Christ upon us. This is, this is the great gospel truth. So you're a child of God. You're accepted in the beloved. But let's talk about when the doubts... What, what doubts come? Well, I think for me it's been... Because I've felt I've always had to earn people's love or respect or... You know, I, th- I think that's had a knock-on effect with God that I've had to feel that even though I know it's been done and finished on the cross, right. it's like I've had to owe God something for that in return. Um, it's just been a constant battle of never feeling good enough. And the ironic thing is we're not good enough, I know. Yeah. <laughs> But that doesn't stop you from the mindset that I had, that you're constantly trying to please. Um, I forgot what you asked me now. It was about about losing my identity. Yeah, just where where do them moments come? Because this is going to be helpful. This is going to be helpful. It's hard. It's hard, but it's insecurities because it's it's insecure in who I am in Christ. You know, I only shared this with you Monday night and this is still quite raw. It's just feeling accepted, I suppose. <coughs> Doubts come in if, if, I don't know, I can get jealous. Um, but it's only my desire. Jealousy for me tends to be if I see other people that are on fire for the Lord. And that's my desire. That is my heart's desire. You know, and I hate feeling jealous. I hate feeling insecure. Um, And this is why I know that it is a time of this that hopefully God will get me through it. Well, I know he'll get me through it. Um, But yeah, it's just believing, isn't it? It's knowing people have let me down so much in the past. That I do have a barrier up to a degree. Right. But I also realised, you know, that I do need people. Right. I need right. you. I need everybody here. Yeah. And I do need help, <coughs> you know, to get through this next chapter. chapter. And driving here, funnily enough, I was praying, you know, Lord, in a few years' time, I'll probably, this will be added to my testimony. Yeah. You know, that actually yeah. I do know who I am now in you. Yeah. Um, but I just don't want my security to be in people. I want it to be in God. Amen. And I want to be happy for people who, who are on fire for God and, and just desire that for me 
and not not be envious, if that makes yeah. sense. But it's a, it's a renewing, isn't it? You know, the, the scripture, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That was one for me right from the very beginning. And I'm still in that place, right. you know. So let, let, me, let me share and we'll, we'll wrap it up and we'll, we'll go for lunches. That we're all in that place at times where, where, we, where thinking is not right. What we have to do is get back to what God says. Who am I? I am who God says I am. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm loved by him. Redeemed. Set apart. Saved. And that will never change. That's gospel truth. But the beautiful thing about what's been shared. And so we had a leadership meeting last night. And we were just having some fellowship. But I had them reading the book. Some of them enjoyed reading it some of them not so much but I've had them reading a little book it's called Side by Side Walking with Others in Love and the premise is simply this we are needy people all of us but we're also needed and part of that is being willing to share what you've shared so that others can share that also so that together as a community of God we can speak Jesus and we can say, I know what you're feeling, but let me tell you some things that God says about you. You're accepted, Gary. You're a child of God, eternally, forever. God demonstrated his love for you. We went to the cross and died for you. And that love will never change. No matter what people have said to you, no matter how people have made you feel, no matter how you feel, God's love will never change. He loves you. You're accepted in the beloved. Your worth is not in anything other than him. And because it's in him, your worth is eternal. Jesus saved you from your sins. And he set you free. And the guilt and the shame that's on your life you let it go and you say Jesus came he walked this earth he was spat upon he was mocked he was beaten he was put to shame and he was charged as guilty for you he'll never let you go so the days that you're dying the days that you feel the struggle remember God's word and share with the people of God and I want you all to hear this. That when you're down and when you're struggling and when your thoughts aren't right, go to God and run to the people of God. Because the enemy will do all that he can to isolate you and separate you and condemn you. That's not who we are in Christ. That's not who you are in Christ. So I want you to know as pastor of this church, that this is a place where you are accepted. That we love you. Not for anything that you're doing. Because simply you're carrying Christ. And we want you to walk in that truth. And as a church, we want to support each other in this. Amen? Amen. That we're going to love one another. And when the enemy tells us that we're unloved. When the enemy tells us we're worthless. 
We go to the word of God and say, no, I'm accepted in the beloved. I am accepted in the beloved. Nothing, not because of anything we've done. But because of the grace of God, the sovereign grace of God. Just took the guilt and just took the shame. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing. I know that's been tough. Um, do get some time and speak with Carrie. I'd encourage you. If you're in a struggle of doubt, talk to Carrie. Share that with her. So that she knows she's not alone. And we fight this together as the body of Christ. No one here is alone. No one here is alone. The Lord Jesus is here. The body is here. And the word and spirit of God are here. We have all that we need for God to put us back together. But it starts with honest confession. It starts with honest confession. And God is willing to hear that. He's a willing father. Because of the grace of God and the goodness of God, we can sing that we can do anything through him. Our God is bigger. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any trouble. He's bigger than any trial. We just have to live that. He's bigger. So we're going to let you go off the hot seat. We're going to sing our last hymn together, which Carrie chose.